Welcome back, everybody. Wicked Sources, I hope you guys are having a fantastic day broadcasting live from Los Angeles. It is a beautiful Friday afternoon, so I hope you guys are getting ready for your weekend. I'm your host, Mike, and every week I bring you news info that could affect you, including alternative products that can bring a little comfort to your life. So if you find some value, smash the like for the algos. Subscribe if you want more. There's a lot happening in today's segment. It is called Know Your Cannabis. When I opened up my trusty Google feed, it bombarded me with a lot of things that are happening at this very second and I'm sure you want to know about it so let's dive into this video so first up this is what I found marijuana that was purchased in Michigan the state regulator regulators are saying there's a good chance you should return it why are they saying that well what is likely the largest marijuana recall in Michigan's history is currently underway cooperating with the MRA and working closely with our customers to minimize interruptions and retest affected products at no cost. Veritas Laboratories has labs in Lansing and Bay City. And while it's not known exactly how many products are affected, the MRA li uh, listed all the dispensaries around Michigan that are impacted by the recall. If we move over to this piece here, we can find out a little bit more. So a recall of marijuana products assessed by inaccurate and unreliable test results. The recall includes all products tested between August 10th and November 16th. So if you're in Michigan and you've been buying weed and it's you've been smoking and it's kind of off, that's probably what you are noticing. Highly encourage you to either return it, get a refund, or uh, throw it away and go back to your street dealer. I don't know what to say. It's a horrible situation. It further goes on to say consumers who have marijuana products in their possession that meet the recall criteria can return the products to the marijuana sales location where they were purchased so they can be properly disposed of. The marijuana products impacted have a test date between August 10th and November 16th and have a license number of SC000009. AU-SC000113-SC000014 and or AUSC-00103. As I dug further into this story, I couldn't find exactly how they came up with these results, why they have determined that these were improperly tested and are unsafe. Furthermore, there's who is the third party and what did they find? Questions that need to be answered, in my opinion. Curious, really fast. So, in this headline, it's showing that a cannabis delivery driver was robbed at uh, gunpoint, I believe. So, let's see what this story is saying. All right, cannabis delivery driver robbed at gunpoint in Martinez. Where is Martinez, everybody? Ah, it's in California. Brazen daylight armed robbery of a cannabis delivery driver is causing concern along Alhambra Avenue. It happened just after noon on Wednesday. The robbery went down as the delivery driver was dropping off a cannabis shipment at the Embar Cannabis Dispensary a few minutes after the noon hour. It happened in the dead end section of G Street, right off of Alhambra Avenue. Martinez police say the 36-year-old male delivery driver was robbed at gunpoint by three male suspects wearing masks. When in this day and age, wearing masks isn't so strange anymore since everybody has to wear them. So typically if we weren't in this situation and 
you know, people were wearing masks, you would be, um, you would be alarmed. You would be on your guard almost immediately, right? Kind of uh, my thoughts about that. So it was robbery was underway. Store employees were alerted, and the dispensary went into lockdown. No one was hurt, luckily, and police say the three suspects took off in a newer model black Honda sedan. All I gotta say is, be careful out there. If they're targeting delivery drivers, they could be targeting virtually anybody at this point, uh, looking for opportunities. Um, It's weed, man. I didn't even, you know, I wouldn't even believe things like this would still be happening uh, on a small level. Most of these robberies generally happen at facilities because um, more often than not, they're inside jobs. Somebody working there or once worked there had a cousin that worked there and gave them all the ins and outs and they'd be able to run in there, rush everybody, take the money, take the weed and um, and take off. And those are huge paydays. These facilities are massive. This is um, another aspect of the uh, changes they're trying to um, push in terms of legislation so that uh, facilities and growers and uh, distributors and retailers can open up legitimate bank accounts because as of now they can't. They're not allowed to. Um, Under the current laws, they're not allowed to. But um, if they can, at least some of the cash wouldn't be sitting idle in a warehouse or in a random safe, uh, wherever it may be. So kind of a crazy story, but still happening. And I want you to be very careful. Um, There have been um, multiple robberies as of recently for your jewelry, looking at what you drive and then um, following you home and basically robbing you at gunpoint. I've been hearing a lot of stories like that too. So what do we got on the next one here? All right, this one definitely caught my attention and it should catch your attention as well. This is pretty fucking serious. State health, state, ah, I can't speak this morning. State health officials warn of marijuana fentanyl um, or laced with fentanyl after reports of overdoses. This is in Connecticut. Of all places, the Connecticut Department of Health is working with law enforcement as they investigate reports of overdose patients who claim to only have smoked cannabis, yet suffered overdose symptoms similar to those of an opioid overdose. In at least one of these cases, the cannabis in question tested positive for fentanyl. What the fuck are people doing? In many of these cases, the patients had to be revived with naloxone. Don't know if I said that right. It appears at least one person has died. There have been dozens of these cases reported across the state since July. So, in July of this year, 11 cases. August, 9 cases. September, 9 cases. October, 10 cases. Several of these overdoses occurred in Plymouth, and a sample test found that the cannabis tested contained fentanyl. So, this is, uh, in quotes, they say, this is the first lab-confirmed case of marijuana with fentanyl in Connecticut and possibly the first confirmed case in the U.S. Fentanyl is a highly potent and one of the leading causes of overdose deaths in our state. 
In quotes, we want people to be aware of the fact that there are some illicit cannabis supplies that could contain fentanyl and to be careful. In recent Facebook posts, Waterton police say that there have been several incidents involving illegally purchased cannabis laced with fentanyl and there was one case in the area where someone overdosed and died. If you are chasing after a higher high, you have no idea what is being laced in there, so you should be careful. Public health officials are warning cannabis users to be aware of the dangers of fentanyl and recommend that anyone using illicit drugs know the signs of an opioid overdose and have naloxone on hand as a precaution. Where would you even get that? Is that something over-the-counter? Signs of an overdose that you should be aware of. Constricted pupils. The person is unresponsive. Skin is a pale gray or blue color, especially around the fingernails and lips. The person is making deep, slow snoring, choking or gurgling sounds, and of course, vomiting. If you know someone who is experiencing an overdose, call 911 immediately. And a brief overview of what is fentanyl if you didn't know. According to the CDC, pharmaceutical fentanyl is a synthetic opioid that is approved for treating severe pain, typically advanced cancer pain, and that it can be 150 to 100 times more potent than morphine. Now we have this other case, which was also kind of alarming because I've heard different things about this. Using cannabis in pregnancy linked to aggression and anxiety in children, a study suggests suggests but doesn't necessarily prove so let's see what it says researchers have found a link between cannabis use by expectant mothers and autism and childhood psychosis now a small study has shown how cannabis use can affect the placenta and may be linked to higher levels of anxiety aggression and hyperactivity in children the u.s researchers looked at 322 mother child pairs based in New York City who went, uh, who were part of a wider research project on stress in pregnancy. When the children were between three and six years old, hormone levels were measured from hair samples. Um, the electrocardiogram recordings were used to measure heart function and behavioral and emotional functioning was assessed based on parental surveys. The study team also looked at placental tissue collected at the time of birth for some of the participants. So, why is the CNN website doing this? It's pissing me off. So, in quotes, this new study supports a growing body of evidence that smoking cannabis during pregnancy is associated with adverse outcomes for women and their children. Um, let's see here. This is Dr. Dagny something or other, consultant, obstetrician, and spokesperson to the Royal College of Obstetricians and gynecologists in the UK. We know from previous studies that using cannabis during pregnancy is linked to impaired fetal brain development, stillbirth, low birth weight, and preterm birth. This new evidence adds to these existing safety concerns suggesting that cannabis use in pregnancy could lead to higher anxiety, aggression, hyperactivity, and levels of the stress hormone cortisol in children, she said. There is a small sample of women and children used in this study and we would like to see more research done in this area 
Now, a negative impact on kids' mental health, the children of mothers who used cannabis during pregnancy showed higher anxiety, aggression, and hyperactivity. The analysis of the placental tissue, which involves sequencing RNA molecules similar to DNA that are part of the genetic code, revealed that maternal cannabis use was associated with lower expression of immune-activating genes. In quotes, this is a well-designed study with good methodology and lab design with follow-up of children. It is interesting that they were able to look at placenta signaling and link those findings with childhood outcomes. So, it's it's definitely interesting and it definitely caught my attention. Um, uh, before my child was born, before my daughter was born, we didn't even know uh, my wife was pregnant. And we were smoking a grip of weed. I mean, it was pretty common since we were in Southern California and there was weed everywhere and it's kind of part of, it was part of our life day to day. Uh, we didn't know until maybe two or three months in. Luckily, our daughter is not showing any signs like this. She did stop smoking weed as soon as we confirmed she was pregnant, but... Um, I've always had concerns about it. So this is why this caught my attention and why I felt it necessary to uh, read it, review it, and share it with you. Um, over the years, I've spoken to many different mothers, uh, some actual um, experts in cannabis, and uh, many of them have shared with me that if the cannabis is responsibly grown, has all the cannabinoids, it shouldn't do anything to somebody who is pregnant, who is consuming cannabis for either stress or for pain relief or whatever. Uh, those are opinions based on their experiences and some of their scientific background. Uh, but there aren't many of these people I, I was able to find who were advocates of um, pregnant women smoking cannabis for various related reasons. So we're going to continue on with the next half so this was something very interesting. Buffalo firefighter loses dream job over medical marijuana use. The question the courts will decide is whether Scott Martin's right under the Compassionate Care Act trumped the rules in the collective bargaining agreement. This is really messed up because, um, you know, he is a public servant. He is doing his part to protect uh, the citizens of his county. He's willingly giving up uh, his own safety to protect the safety of others. Um, last time I checked, you know, cannabis isn't that bad. So um, let's dive into this. So Scott Martin's dream job was to be a firefighter at his hometown station around the corner from where he went to church. First platoon truck 14 at Bailey Avenue and Dote Street. Martin graduated from DePew High School and joined the Air Force where he trained to be a specialized firefighter and emergency medical technician. He served a seven-month traumatic assignment in an Iraq hot zone before being deployed to Afghanistan to a firebase near the province of Coast as part of the Operation Enduring Freedom. He returned to Buffalo or uh, in, to the Buffalo area in 2005 before he decided to follow his dream, he said that despite his anxiety and PTSD from serving at war, he felt 
physically and mentally prepared to resume his role as a firefighter and EMT, a path blazed by past generations and his family. In 09, Martin joined the Buffalo Fire Department, worked at different stations before he accumulated enough seniority to land his dream job at the 1st Platoon Truck 14. But he said by late last year, his life got turned upside down in a dispute where, with the city and fire department, I lost my job, and the way it happened, it was horrible, Martin said. February 23rd, the fire department terminated Martin after a urine sample came back positive for cannabis metabolites in violation of their collective bargaining agreement. But here's the rub. Martin is a medical marijuana patient protected by the state's Compassionate Act. He is medically prescribed cannabis in the form of vapes and capsules to reduce pain, anxiety, and PTSD, with the act considers to be disabilities. Martin has since filed a grievance through his union, an Article 78, and civil lawsuit to overturn the city's decision, all of which are pending currently. Which side prevails could detect could dictate how government and private employers work with unions to amend collective bargaining agreements to account for the medical use of cannabis and even recreational use made legal this year. In quotes, to my knowledge, it's the only one of its kind going on the New York State. Uh, his attorney said, I bring it more as a harbinger of what is the paradigm shift I keep talking about. What is the change in our social appreciation for this medicine that needs to be brought into, uh, into account in contracts? Anchor.fm. If you've ever wondered about starting a podcast, now is the best time. Anchor.fm allows you to record, add music, transitions, and so much more. They'll even help you distribute your podcast to multiple platforms, all automatically. Anchor.fm. Try it today. Today's episode is partly sponsored by Accept All CBD. All Accept All products are built on the groundbreaking two-site technology that has been successfully applied to cannabidiol molecule, producing the next generation of CBD. By combining CBD with a water-soluble absorption enhancer, the CBD gains significant advantages over traditional CBD, such as a minimum of 300% improved absorption, faster onset of effects, and dramatically increased shelf life. You can find Accept All CBD at the wickedsources.com website. Wickedsources.com. So there you have it. I did talk about um, in the last uh, episode of Know Your Cannabis that um, employers are looking to stop testing because they need employees. There's a worker shortage because people don't want to go back to their shitty jobs. And I don't blame them. Um, and they're taking this opportunity to collect unemployment and figure out, okay, what's the next step in my life? Uh, you know, what are what paths are available to me at this time? Uh, but this guy already had his dream job, and to be let go uh, in such a fashion when he's a veteran, he has suffered greatly and given up a lot. He has sacrificed a lot for us. It's hard to believe that we are completely disregarding that um, and just saying like well it came up positive so you're fired could it be possible that when some of these laws get passed that people like him will never have to deal with this again under proper federal recreational laws and laws that would protect uh, employees from their employers what do you guys think about this one? Are you experiencing something similar? Drop them down below.
And then finally, this was interesting to me too. Are workout highs real? Well, I can tell you they are. I work out and the chemicals that are being released are very real and they make me feel great. So that's another reason why I like doing them. I like feeling great. Who doesn't? Um, We are chemically driven as a species, so um, it would... It would be it would be obvious that doing any type of activity would release chemicals. So let's see what this is talking about. This is also cannabis related. So new research finds that exercise can stimulate microbes in our guts. These microbes can produce pain and inflammation relieving substances called endocannabinoids. It's important to talk with your doctor before starting an exercise regimen. Don't see why. People should exercise in general. New research finds that exercising can increase production of our body's own cannabis-like substances. If you didn't know, cannabis and its cannabinoids interact with the endocannabinoid system in the human body. It does many different things. It hits multiple receptors throughout the body that are included in the endocannabinoid system found in humans. So these cannabis-like substances that are naturally produced by the body when you work out reduce inflammation, could potentially prevent conditions like arthritis, heart disease, and even cancer. The study published in the journal Gut Microbes found that people with arthritis not only experience reduced pain, but also lowered levels of inflammatory markers called cytokines and increased levels of endocannabinoids, which are substances naturally produced by gut microbes in our microbiomes. In quotes, the microbiome plays a key role in many body functions such as digestion and the immune system, according to a doctor or something of that, uh, what is it, neurogastroenteral, ah, struggling to say this one, guys. So only 15 minutes of exercise per day for significant pain relief. 38 participants performed 15 minutes of muscle strengthening exercises every day for six weeks, while the other 40 did nothing. Researchers found that those who exercise not only reduced their pain, but also had more of a type of microbe in their guts that produced anti-inflammatory substances. I have noticed this myself when I work out and I'm diligent and consistent. I feel less pain all throughout. Not only am I getting stronger, uh, not only am I sending the proper signals to my bones and my muscles that tell them to strengthen, which um, has been something quantified by NASA, because they did similar studies for astronauts who were already at a uh, at the space station, and um, they found that when you're working out, you are sending these signals to your bones, to your muscles, telling it to strengthen. So specifically for bones, what NASA discovered was that because when you're in space and you're in the space station, your bone density decreases because of a lack of gravity. However, when you're working out up there and you're pushing your muscles, it actually sends signals to your bones to grow, um, to grow in density. Fascinating stuff. So that is all the time I have for today. And this was Know Your Cannabis, a segment that covers everything cannabis.